It's time to eat. What are you hungry for? Sit down and get ready to consume an abundance of fantasy football knowledge from Ross Tucker and Joe Dolan. Feed me now! I'm On the Fantasy Feast Eating Podcast. Yeah! Let's eat, baby! It is the Fantasy Feast Podcast, the show that's so nice, we do it twice. It is presented today by Manscaped. They've got the redesigned electric trimmer, named the Lawnmower 2.0 with the skin safe technology. They also have Crop Preserver, anti chafing ball deodorant, moisturizer. There's a reason why you put deodorant on your armpits. Why are you not putting deodorant on the smell part of your body? Get 20% off and free shipping with the code FEAST at Manscaped.com. Dot com. That's 20% off with free shipping at manscaped.com. Use code FEAST. That is also how you can enter, which is pretty awesome, to enter the contest to get a free Madden. If you want one for PS4 or Xbox, just take advantage of that Manscaped code FEAST. Send it to me, the sponsor confirmation email, ross at rostucker.com. It is part two. The late games, the Sunday nighter, the Monday nighter. He is Joe Dolan. He's the man. I highly encourage you to check him out on Twitter at FG Dolan, like I do. Great nuggets of information. I'm at Ross Tucker NFL, the former NFL offensive lineman. He's the number one ranked fantasy player in the country. Speaking of high rankings, You should check out every weekday morning the lead. They bring you one big story from the Athletics' all-star team of local and national sports reporters. I write for the Athletic. I like those guys. From the story of how a terrible call in last year's NFL playoffs made the entire city of New Orleans lose their mind, to in-depth interviews on mental health in sports, the lead is your daily lens into the biggest stories of the day, told by the people who write them. Stay tuned until the end of the podcast, end of this episode. You'll get a preview of The Lead. Don't forget to subscribe to The Lead on Apple Podcasts or wherever you're listening to this right now. All right, Joe, let's start with the Bucks and the Rams. As we kick off episode number two here, what do you got for me? The Bucks put up decent points against the Giants. It was a Mike Evans show. Mm-hmm. You play Mike Evans every week. I know people were panicking. And, and I think part of the reason people were panicking about Mike Evans was because Chris Godwin looked so good. When you have two receivers who are that talented, eventually one of them is going to have a better game than the other. It just so happened Chris Godwin had two really good games in the first two games of the season. Keep in mind, Mike Evans played through a stomach flu in week one. He's back to full strength, and that was one of the most obvious bounce-back pop spots against that awful giant defense. Mike Evans, I'm not telling you he's going to score three touchdowns every week, but he is quite obviously a wide receiver one. I'm still comfortable considering Chris Godwin a low-end wide receiver one, high-end wide receiver two against this Ram defense. This is a projected high-scoring game. So Mike Evans... Chris Godwin, and yes, I'm going to say it, O.J. Howard are all 
on the table. O.J. Howard, at the very least, showed a pulse last week. Again, three for 62 on four targets. He will be fine. Uh, Bruce Arians called him out, and then he ended up having a really nice game. So the, those three guys, That's th- this is another example of a team with a narrow target tree. There, there are these easy-to-deduce fantasy teams where most of the targets from the quarterback, Jameis Winston, are going to guys who you expect to get them. Evans, Godwin, and O.J. Howard combined for 22 targets in week number three. That's that's pretty much the breakdown that you're going to see most of the time with this team. Okay, what about the Rams on the other side? They're really not clicking on offense other than mm-hmm. Cooper Cup. And it's weird because they were great on offense last year even when they lost Cooper Cup. Well, I think one of the problems is the quarterback. And I'm not telling you that Jared Goff is terrible. Like when you when you say a quarterback is a problem, uh, we, we, we were talking about that when we talked about the Browns on the last podcast. You're not saying the Browns need to replace Baker Mayfield. You're just saying there's something not clicking. The Rams are obviously not going to replace Jared Goff. They just paid him, and he's been a good quarterback in his league. He's just missing some throws, and I think it's frustrating. But the Rams, ultimately, for fantasy, they have three guys I feel good about. Robert Woods, who hasn't had his breakout yet. Cooper Cup, honestly, might be like one of my top five favorite receivers in fantasy. He gets it done every week, and he's the guy Jared Cook, uh, Jared Goff looks to in the red zone. Cooper Cup, I just love having this guy on my fantasy team, and I love when he plays a primetime game because you know if you're playing from behind, he can go for 25 points any given week. And then Brandon Cook's getting down the field, I think, is somebody who you get excited about as well. I love all three of these guys this week. And if I was trying to create a little bit of differentiation for my lineup in DFS, I'm going to go with the guy who hasn't popped off yet. That's Robert Woods. He's probably going to be the cheapest of these wide receivers. And as we saw last week, the Buccaneers faced with competency and health at the quarterback position, their secondary wasn't as good as it looked in the first two weeks of the season. These three guys I want in my fantasy lineup. And I think Robert Woods will create the most differentiation for DFS. The other 4.05 p.m. Eastern game is the Seahawks and the Cardinals. Seahawks, Chris Carson had a costly fumble. Uh, Let's start with them. Well, the question becomes, does Rashad Penny play in this game? And if he does, how much? How many snaps does Chris Carson lose? Carson has, I think he has three fumbles already this season. And, and the one last week, again, was, was horrific. Uh, and essentially cost them the game against a, a team starting Teddy Bridgewater at home. You don't expect to lose that game. Uh, so Chris Carson has not been getting it done. I think their offensive philosophy has been, let's say, shaky at best because Russell Wilson has thrown the ball beautifully when they've given him the opportunity this year. And I think if they were to allow Russell Wilson to throw the ball more, that would open up more opportunities for Chris Carson. But let's keep an eye on the status of uh, of Rashad Penny, because if Rashad Penny doesn't go in this game, I really want to see what uh, how much how many snaps CJ Procise plays. Because Procise, uh, I look when he made this team, I was surprised to see he was even still in the league. And then he comes out last week after uh, the fumble by Chris Carson. He ends up playing more snaps than Carson in this game. Fifty five percent of the snaps he saw four carries and five targets. Was that a function of the Seahawks playing from behind? Was that a function of Pete Carroll being pissed off at Chris Carson for fumbling? Could be a combination of these things. But if all three of these backs are healthy, Carson, Procise, and Rashad Penny, the the breakdown is going to be fascinating because it's beginning to look like 
They're not trusting Chris Carson as much as we thought he was. Look, he he moved into the third round in August drafts because of the way he looked in the preseason and the way they were talking about him. That pick has not paid off to this point, and now they have other options, which is really starting to concern me from the Seahawks' perspective. And then even the receivers and tight ends, Disley, man. Well, Don't Disley, Disley. Disley. I, I mentioned on yesterday's podcast that we were going to get to the guy who's going to be the chalkiest of the chalk DFS options this week. It's Will Disley. Will Disley scored two touchdowns two weeks ago against the Steelers. He got a garbage time touchdown against the Saints, but he was heavily involved in that game plan. He had seven targets despite playing just 55% of the snaps. And listen to this. Week number one, eight catches for over 100 yards and a touchdown for Mark Andrews. Week number two, eight catches for, for over 100 yards. Excuse me, I flipped it. Andrews in week two, and then it was TJ Hawkinson in week one. So back-to-back 100-yard games with a touchdown in weeks one and two. Last week, Greg Olson goes for over 70 yards and two touchdowns against the Cardinals. Are you sensing a theme here? Start your tight ends against the Cardinals. Will Disley is going to be in like 60% of lineups because he's going to be so cheap on the DFS sites. I think he was 3,100 on DraftKings when I looked. He is going to be in a ton of lineups. And if you're missing George Kittle this week, this is the guy you want to pick up off the waiver wire. Receivers for the Seahawks? Tyler Lockett and DK Metcalf are the only two you can play. Lockett, to me, after that bizarre week one, he is a wide receiver one. The target share is outrageous. And DK Metcalf, you play him and hope he gets a long play. Uh, I think Lockett's a one. Metcalf is a three. And another intriguing low-end DFS option against this awful Cardinal defense this week here in this game. Uh, On the Cardinals, on the other side. Kyler Murray was running a little bit more. This yeah, not but he's really not throwing clicking. it well right now. No. Uh, I, like four yards in attempt. It was really bad last week. I think he attempted like 45 passes, averaged just four yards in attempt. It was really not pretty for, for Kyler Murray. Something is not clicking with this offense. Now, the one thing we do have, and that's good for fantasy, is the utter volume of the Arizona Cardinals. Nobody's run more plays than them so far this year. I think they ran 73 against the Panthers this past week. Kyler Murray, 30 of 43 for 173. Two touchdowns, but two really bad interceptions. And the problem here is their top receiving lines look like rushing lines. Christian Kirk, 10 receptions for 59 yards. Larry Fitzgerald, 5 for 36. And David Johnson, 6 for 28. They are not getting any push from uh, the, the offensive line. And they are really struggling to push the ball down the field. So it is all volume right now for the Cardinals. Fortunately, they are expected to play from behind in this game. And when they have the defense that they have, that awful defense, all of those guys I mentioned, uh, Kyler Murray, Christian Kirk, Larry Fitzgerald, David Johnson, all of them are viable for fantasy this week. Kirk and Fitz, wide receiver threes, DJ, a low-end running back one at this point. Because honestly, to me, he doesn't look that great either. They're, they're at least just using him well in the passing game. Okay, let's move on then to the Vikings and the Bears. We'll start with the Vikings, where Dalvin Cook is just nasty. Dalvin Cook's nasty. And you play Dalvin Cook every week, and I don't care that it's the Bears. You're going to play Dalvin Cook this week. The problem here is we see very clearly what Mike Zimmer's philosophy is. He wants Kirk Cousins to throw under 30 passes. He wants Dalvin Cook to get 20 touches. He had 16 carries and five targets last week in a blowout, by the way. So he didn't even play the whole game. They were able to get Alexander Madison a bunch of snaps, and even Mike Boone got some snaps. 
So he got 21 opportunities in a blowout. This is how they want to play. The problem is when that happens, somebody is going to lose something. And so far this year, that has been Stefan Diggs. Uh, Stefan Diggs questions are viable right now. At this point, you readjust your personal depth chart. Stefan Diggs, you drafted him as a high-end wide receiver too. I consider him a three at this point. Adam Thielen, well, he only got five targets as well last week. He did at least have a touchdown, and he had a rushing touchdown. So you got two touchdowns out of Adam Thielen, and touchdowns are the best deodorant in fantasy. So you're probably not as panicking as much about Thielen, but you have to keep in mind, last year, Mike Zimmer fired offensive coordinator John DeFilippo because he wasn't running the football enough. He brings in Kevin Stefanski, a yes man, who has decided to run the football. And worse for fantasy, at least when it comes to these wide receivers, is it's working. It's working right now. And you don't anticipate the Bears are going to be able to score a whole lot of points in this game. I think the Vikings are going to be able to pound it or they're going to want to pound it. And even in a tough matchup, Dalvin Cook is their best option. I am downgrading both Thielen and Diggs to wide receiver threes this week. This game is projected at to be tied for the lowest scoring game of the week at just 38 points, which is abysmally low in the NFL, tied with Denver and Jacksonville. Who are you excited about from that game for fantasy? Uh, Chicago, Minnesota, the Vegas markets are projecting a low-scoring, hard-nosed game here, which could be a stinker for fantasy. Right. Um, so how about the Chicago Bears Taylor Gabriel, is that just uh, a one-game thing? And he left the game with a concussion. Yeah, and you worry about the concussion because it's a short week. So uh, we're talking about this game uh, on Tuesday, so we don't know just yet. But I would anticipate the first update is he's going to still be in the protocol. He's going to be a popular waiver wire ad when he's healthy, and you have to anticipate that that could be a one-game pop-off because Mitchell Trubisky – it was his first good game of the year, and it's about time, Mitch. It's about time. Um, and it was against a defense that has not been nearly as competitive as I thought it was going to be uh, in Washington. So Taylor Gabriel, obviously, watch his status this week. That's a big-time concern. If Taylor Gabriel doesn't go, in my opinion, in this matchup, there's only two Bears you can even consider. Allen Robinson and David Montgomery. Montgomery Look, he finally led this backfield in snaps, 67%. Mike Davis played only one snap uh, in week three. That's good news for Montgomery. The bad news is they seem intent on getting Cordero Patterson in the backfield. They ran the veer out of like the wishbone formation with Cordero Patterson against the Redskins on Monday night. So th- this is not uh, this is not David Montgomery as a hammer RB1 the way we just talked about Dalvin Cook. I think in this matchup, a tough matchup, I'm still treating him as a flex option. Allen Robinson is a wide receiver three, and there ain't no way I'm touching Mitch Trubisky against the Viking defense. I want to see it again before I play him. Jags and the Broncos, Joe. We've got Minshew Mania. I have Leonard Fournette on my team. He's really annoying me uh, with the That's tip-toeing. a different uh, mania for you there. Yeah, uh, really annoying me. What do you get? They're playing the Broncos. What do you got on the Jags? Well, it's a tough matchup. Again, like I just said, 38 projected points in this game, tied for the lowest of the week with Chicago and Minnesota. Uh, in addition to that, uh, we got Jacksonville uh, in this game. Uh, let me look at the line here. Let's see here where we got this. The Broncos, uh, yeah, they're p- projected to play from behind because they're in Denver. 
I don't think that's good for Leonard Fournette. Literally the only thing that's going for Leonard Fournette, and it's a big one, is the volume. He played every snap for the Jacksonville Jaguars last week against the Titans. Uh, I had 100% of the snaps, got 15 carries and eight targets. But uh, Ross, did you talk to Greg Cosell last week? I did. About, about Fournette? Yeah. He went out of his way on our podcast together to, uh, I didn't even ask him about Fournette, to say, by the way, he doesn't look very good to me. He feels like he's tiptoeing, like he's not running with the authority that he came out of LSU with. And a guy like Fournette, who's built like Fournette, who is not running to that size, is a huge concern for me. Uh, I, I don't know if he's he doesn't trust his pads, he doesn't trust his body right now, but he is dancing way too much. The advantage is he's playing a ton of snaps. The question I now have is, how long does he have to look like this before they decide to give somebody else a shot? And so Fournette, to me, he's an RB2 until further notice. I I think that's probably a right way to look at it. What about receivers or tight ends for the Jags? Well, the guy who's getting a lot of hype uh, for early season wide receivers who popped off in week one was Terry McLaurin of the Redskins. There's a guy in Jacksonville who I'm kind of treating as a Terry McLaurin light, and that's DJ Chark, because I think both were kind of typecast as only deep threats. But DJ Chark, uh, he first and foremost, he caught Nick Foles' touchdown on the play where Foles got hurt. And then Gardner Minshew has come in and has shown the same kind of love for, for DJ Chark that Nick Foles did early in that game against the Texans in week two. Nine targets, seven for 55 and a touchdown receiving. Against the Titans, a tough matchup in week three. Five targets, four for 76 and a touchdown receiving. And he's making some acrobatic catches out there. I've been really impressed with what I've seen from DJ Chark. In my opinion, a weekly wide receiver three until further notice. Not really a game I want to delve into for DFS, but I wonder if maybe you can create a little bit of DFS arbitrage here by plugging DJ Chark in because everybody projects this to be a low-scoring game. But Gardner Minshew is going to go somewhere with the football. And right now, I trust DJ Chark more than I trust D.D. Westbrook. What about the Denver Broncos on the other side? It looked like well, Philip Phil- Lindsay finally got going a little bit. Yeah, here's the weird thing with that backfield. Normally, when we have a backfield rotation, we're like, oh, that guy's the third down guy. And that guy's the, the, the early down pounder. It just feels like the Broncos rotate and they don't really have packages for their two guys. I have con- uh, now I don't I'm trying not to knock Royce Freeman because I think Freeman's played pretty well this year, but I've thought since last year that Philip Lindsay's their better back. He's their more explosive back, he's the tougher runner, and I know you consider the smaller guy to be the the shiftier runner. Dude, he, the guy runs like his hair's on fire. He's trying to he's trying to plow through defenders. So I've been really impressed with him ever since last year. If they're projected to play from ahead, though, you wonder if it's a little bit more of a Freeman game. Like I said, I don't feel great about that because uh, because they just kind of seem to rotate their backs with no real plan for either of them, try to find a hot hand. But I wonder if it might be more of a Freeman game here that they're projected to play from ahead in. Who else on the Broncos do we need to discuss? Uh, Cortland Sutton and Emmanuel Sanders. Uh, Emmanuel Sanders uh, had a stinker. Uh, he got followed by Jair Alexander last week. That'll explain that. And now the question is, we're recording this on Tuesday, is Jalen Ramsey a Jaguar? And if <laughs> Jalen Ramsey is a Jaguar, does Jalen Ramsey shadow Emmanuel Sanders the way Jair Alexander did? 
I'm not too sure about that. I actually feel like maybe Cortland Sutton would be the matchup there. Um, but I think because of that, I'm downgrading both of these receivers to wide receiver threes this week, kind of on the lower end. I don't feel great about either of them. Or is Jalen Ramsey still "quote unquote" sick? That's the yeah, other. Yeah, he's sick, right? That's Ross. the other yeah. question. Uh, do you do you buy that, or does or is Antonio Brown? Do you does, has Antonio Brown made you want to try to read subtext into literally every NFL story now that involves a player? Yeah, no, I don't. I don't believe he's sick. Um, I I, I don't believe he's sick at all. But whatever. Um, I think you know what is sick? The boxes I get from Box of Awesome from Bespoke Post every month. I don't know if you've seen them yet, Joe. It's boxofawesome.com. I just got a new skinny wallet. I actually have it in my hand right now, which I really needed because my other wallet was way too big, way too much stuff. It's awesome. They, they have all kinds of different really cool boxes that you can use that are all under 50 bucks, but has more than $70 worth of unique gear waiting inside for you. So you can let them surprise you, or you can pick the ones you want. It's totally up to you. Barrel aging kits, limited edition cigars, weekender bags, classy dop kits, which is like your toiletry bag. It's very, very cool. To receive 20% off your first subscription box, go to boxofawesome.com. And enter code FEAST at checkout. That's boxofawesome.com. Code FEAST for 20% off your first box. Bespoke post themed boxes for guys that actually give a damn. Joe, I know you give a damn about the Cowboys and the Saints. Sunday night football. Let's start with the Cowboys. Start with Dak before you get to the other guys. I don't think Dak was like particularly sharp last week against Miami, but he made it certainly enough throws and he came through for fantasy because he added a rushing touchdown. Uh, Dak right now is a top five fantasy quarterback and I'm playing him until further notice. Uh, there, there's just there, there's no two way about that. And I think if they were to be in a more competitive game, then Kellen Moore would dial up more of the uh, of the read option zone read stuff. For Dak Prescott. So he's a top five quarterback right now and one I have no problem playing each and every week. Amari Cooper showed last week uh, in the passing game that even if you're threatened with a shadow matchup, uh, he's somebody who uh, really has taken to this offense and has taken to playing with Dak Prescott. He toasted Xavier Howard against Miami last week. And so even if he draws Marshawn Lattimore in this game, I'm not worried about Amari Cooper. The the big disappointment last week, and, and look, you knew this could happen was Devin Smith. Uh, he had five targets starting in place of the injured Michael Gallup, just two for 39 receiving. Still somebody who's on the radar if if you're looking for somebody who might just pop off a deep touchdown. Also worth pointing out that Randall Cobb lost a long touchdown to a holding penalty on Connor Williams. So th- those two guys right now I fear are kind of canceling each other out. The three you play and you play with confidence every week are Dak, Amari Cooper, and Ezekiel Elliott, who I think will play more snaps this week. Tony Pollard was able to come in and clean up the garbage against Miami. I don't think that'll be the case even with the shorthanded Saints team on the other side. Okay, well, let's talk about the shorthanded Saints team and what Teddy Bridgewater being in there instead of Drew Brees. So much for all the two-quarterback stuff. What did the Teddy Bridgewater thing mean for the other fantasy guys? Uh, Well, it meant anybody who was on the fringes for fantasy, you could forget about. 
uh, they, Teddy Bridgewater did not throw the ball down the field at all. Pretty much everything was at the line of scrimmage. Now, that meant great things for Alvin Kamara, who had 10 targets and 16 rush attempts and got in the end zone twice. And at least Michael Thomas got a target at the goal line and got in the end zone, but he had only seven targets. Ted Ginn, you, you can't consider him whatsoever. Jared Cook has been a huge disappointment for fantasy. He's one of those guys, if you have him in your lineup still, you got to go pick up Will Disley this week. Go keep an eye on Chris Herndon on the waiver wire from the Jets. You have to consider that you're going to be replacing Jared Cook if you haven't already. And the one thing it did is it killed Latavius Murray. Latavius Murray had just two carries in that game. The biggest shock I had all week, though, was the Saints lose their Hall of Fame quarterback. And their gimmick quarterback, Taysom Hill, plays his fewest snaps of the season. He played just four snaps. Go figure. I can't explain it. Maybe the game flow had something to do with it. Uh, they had two They had two defensive and special teams touchdowns before they scored an offensive touchdown. Maybe they wanted Bridgewater to get into a rhythm. But, Ross, I can't explain it. I don't know why Taysom Hill didn't play so much. But I'm that, that threat of Taysom Hill... The specter of Taysom Hill is why I still consider Teddy Bridgewater a really poor streaming quarterback option. I just don't trust that he's going to be the guy each and every week. I, I think that's a, a good point. Alvin Kamara is a total alien. I mean, he and Patrick Mahomes, there are certain guys that are just aliens at this point. Are you talking um, about like that 18-yard screen on like second he had like three of them he had three players i was like how does he do that i think he matters ross oh my gosh yeah he is that's a great point that's a great point for people to say running backs don't matter he he matters there's no chance at the bare minimum the special ones do and he's one of the special ones i think that's fair uh final game Bengals at the Steelers. Ugh. Bengals got the offense going a little bit in the second half against the Bills, Joe. Well, they got Joe Mixon going, uh, and, and that was important. And that was so, that was something we really needed to see um, because he had been getting hit at the line of scrimmage, but they also figured out he can catch the football, which that's good. We want to see that. Two for 34 and a touchdown. He had a 33-yard reception, uh, 15 for 61 on the ground. He's getting healthier, and they have clearly established that he's the guy over Gio Bernard. Um, do you know off the top of your head who the Bengals' leading receiver was this week, Ross? Auden Tate. It was Auden Tate. Uh, no. I follow my, my you, dude. I follow, I follow, I follow you. No. I follow Evan. I'm, I'm on it. Yeah. I, I, I don't Every know once in a while, I'll I, ask you a question like, what about on Johnson, even though you already answered that? Because that sometimes – I'm looking for the way I want to phrase and tee up the next yeah. game, by the way. Uh, Auden Tate, yeah, it was the leading receiver. I just don't trust this offense and Andy Dalton. He did see 10 targets, and he's been playing quite a bit. Um, but I'm, I'm just not trusting that just yet. I would put him on the bench in this game against Pittsburgh, which, by the way, has an improved secondary with Minka Fitzpatrick. Uh, John Ross, this game was predictable. Six for uh, two for 22 on six targets. He's a guy you need to score a long touchdown. And I think Andy Dalton, eh, mediocre streamer this week. He didn't play particularly well against the Bills. They have a little bit more talent at receiver than I thought. I will say that uh, with Tate kind of showing up here and John Ross uh, actually showing some life. But uh, they're still lacking with A.J. Green not there. Um I, I'm I'm not an overly thrilled with this offense. I think Mixon's an RB two. 
I think Boyd is still a high-end wide receiver, too. And if I had to play another receiver here, it would be John Ross. All right. What about for the Steelers on the other side? Mason Rudolph, I was kind of expecting more. Had the long mm-hmm. touchdown throw to Deontay Johnson. The long, the, the short slant to Smith-Schuster who took it to the house. But honestly, I, I was I was hoping for more, Joe. I got to be honest. I thought the game plan was complete trash by Randy Fickner. I really did. Uh, Mason Rudolph in college was a quarterback who got the ball down the field. And I, I liken him in a way to, to Nick Foles. He, he's a guy who loves to, I think, could really be served by using play action, turning his back to the defense and hitting a throw uh as soon as he turns around on the fifth step on the get get that throw down to the beat pretty much everything they threw was at the line of scrimmage and Mason Rudolph was inaccurate it didn't look like he knew what he was seeing it didn't look like he was comfortable throwing where there were a lot of bodies near the line of scrimmage and then what happens he throws i think he completed literally this is from next gen stats i think he completed two passes beyond the line of scrimmage of his 14 completions Both of them were touchdowns. The 76-yarder, which was mostly catch and run by Smith-Schuster, but it was caught about 10 yards down the field, and then he dropped the bucket throw to Deontay Johnson. So my suggestion would be throw the damn ball down the field a little bit more. That's what he did in college. You know, when the the Eagles had to make the switch to Nick Foles when Carson Wentz got hurt, they went back and and said, all right, Nick, dating back to college, what do you do that that you like to do? They uh, They should ask Mason Rudolph, Hey, Mason, you threw the ball down the field at Oklahoma State. Why don't we do that a little bit more? Everything was condensed. They didn't show any trust in him, um, and and they didn't put him in the rhythm that he was in when he came into the game against Seattle two weeks ago. So I really did not like the game plan whatsoever. The good news is I think the downfield throws that he did make might make them change their game plan going forward, and that is good news, in my opinion, for James Washington and Deontay Johnson going forward. Unfortunately, we have to readjust our expectations for Juju because I don't think Mason Rudolph is a quarterback who throws receivers open. And I think Juju, as good as he is, is a throw him open kind of receiver. So I think we're going to be seeing a lot of inconsistency and inefficiency from Juju compared to what we saw when he was with Ben. Joe, you are the man. So pumped for another slate of games. What a great Thursday nighter we should have to kick things off should be absolutely awesome. If you got any betting nuggets from my guy, Joe Dolan, go to betonline.ag, use the promo code PODCAST1 so you get the 50%. That's five zero big ones. 50% welcome bonus, which is awesome. Love it. Betonline.ag. Plus, if I win the podcast host challenge, I get... $500 to put into your account, which is pretty cool. BetOnline.ag, promo code PODCAST1. Check out Andrew Brandt on today's Ross Tucker Football Podcast. Always great stuff to talk to Andrew about. And Even Money Podcast, Steve Fezzik and I, speaking of BetOnline.ag, are both already above 10 units in the black for the year. You got to love it. Catch the wave. We are hot, baby. BetOnline.ag, promo code PODCAST1. Other than that, totally stuffed. We're done. Thanks for listening to the Fantasy Feast Podcast. Make sure to also subscribe to the Ross Tucker Football Podcast, Even Money, Business of Sports, and the College Draft. All available at Apple Podcasts, RossTucker.com, or wherever podcasts can be found. 
you can follow sports through sound bites or the full story. From up in the press box or down on the sidelines. What do, what do you want to accomplish this year? Actually, I want to accomplish getting on this team first. This fall, a new daily podcast brings you closer to the sports stories that matter. Stories about players. A guy like Zion just represents that hope of the failures of the past don't matter because we've got this guy now. Stories about hometowns. You will see hundreds of people wearing number 32 Simpson jerseys uh, in the stands on Sunday afternoons for a Bills home game. And stories about the teams you love. This was the first chance for all those baseball fans to see their guy. From The Athletic, home to the best storytelling in sports. And Wondery, the company behind Sports Wars and Gladiator. I'm Kavitha Davidson. And I'm Anders Kelto. Introducing The Lead. Go beyond the box score five days a week. This isn't a story where you go to some place and interview the athlete and go home. It stays with you. Are you kidding me? I have never seen anything like that. The lead is out now. Subscribe today on Apple Podcasts or wherever you're listening right now. The lead. Sports up close. Hey, hey, I need some more of that.